I got so much more intentional and better at managing my time. And I think a big reason for that was obviously you have to when you're faced with situations like that, but also I was, I was being true to who I was. Like I was following my ambition and what I wanted to do and growing in my career and that felt good. So I was able to translate me feeling good to feeling good for everyone else around me. All right, so we have Miss Marissa Lonick with us today. Marissa, how are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me here. Oh my goodness, I'm so excited. You're about to solve all the world's mysteries for me and our audience. So thank you for joining us today. No I really appreciate it. No <laughs> I feel like I can speak for all moms when I say figuring out the time hack piece of uh, time management so you can still find yourself as an individual while being a mom and feel like a good mom girl, you're doing God's work. If you just do that alone on this planet, like you have crushed it. <laughs> that's yeah, amazing. The, jug- the juggle is real. The juggle is real. The ju- That's your next book. That's book number four. <laughs> the juggle is real. <laughs> oh my goodness. We have such a treat today, guys. Best-selling author, coach, mama of three, including four. two twins. Four. Oh my gosh. All right. Well, I am, uh, I'm going to take copious notes here. I'm super excited to jump in. So tell our audience a little bit about you, where you uh, have kind of grown up in this um, time management world, what what led you to write these books, and then we'll just jump right into the juice of what you've learned, and I'm sure I'll have lots of questions along the way. Absolutely, yeah. So I became a mom in 2013. I learned I was pregnant with twins, surprise, and <laughs> that was really baptism by fire, you know, learning, <laughs> learning you're having two babies instead of one and then having them show up to the party a little bit earlier than expected and moving throughout all of it. I mean, it was just for a type A planner, like a lot of life experience to learn in that way. And, you know, becoming a mom is a beautiful life-changing, amazing experience. I've always wanted to be a mom and yet it was a transition. And I know we can all say like, it's not always an easy transition. Uh, you, you know, you become responsible for these little humans and you can lose yourself in that and you can kind of forget what's important to you and feel really misaligned. And, you know, I think during that phase of my life, I, I was a working mom. I had gone back to work when my babies were four months old and from the outside looking in, looked like I had it all sort of working and and making it work and and having it figured out. And internally, oh, I was on the vicious cycle. You know, I was work, 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 feeling exhausted, resentful, all those feelings we feel when we're burnt out. And Mm -hmm. then, you know, slapping on a self-care Band-Aid on a gushing wound that probably needed, you know, a hundred stitches and (laughs) repeating the cycle all over again. And something just wasn't, wasn't vibing. And, um, what happened during that time? I got offered a really awesome, substantial job promotion. And I thought, wow, this is amazing. This feels really exciting and really good. And yet also I feel like right now I have zero time. How will I possibly take on this huge additional responsibility. How will I do this? I can't make it work. And so what did I do? I turned it down. I turned it down. I felt immense regret the entire weekend following that message that I had sent to my manager at the time and talked to my husband. He was like, well, just try it. Let's just try it. And so Monday morning, I'm like, I take it back. I really want the position. Now, keep in mind, this would have meant 
moving cross country, it would have meant a longer commute, you know, more responsibility, like all the things that you would think when you have zero time for yourself are like the epitome of what you shouldn't do. Yep. But it felt really wrong to say no. And I felt that in my body. Right. So we did it. And what I realized was even though the time necessarily like the minutes changed, the hours changed, I got so much more intentional and better at managing my time. And I think a big reason for that was obviously you have to when you're faced with situations like that, but also I was, I was being true to who I was. Like I was following my ambition and what I wanted to do and growing in my career and that felt good. So I was able to translate me feeling good to feeling good for everyone else around me. And that is really what sparked sort of the time management, productivity, goal achievement strategies that I started doing. I started blogging for working moms. Then I wrote my first book, Time Management, How to Get the Time You Need to Do the Things You Want. And really the Mama Work It brand grew from there. Wow. Wow. So I'm so excited to get into the books. But first, like, did you just not describe, like, I feel like my and every mom's life to a T, like the the internal battle of here I am as this person with goals and aspirations and I don't want to feel selfish, but I really want to breathe life into those things versus there's this person or people in your case that need me that I, I need to put my life and energy into. Um, that is that is amazing. The fact that you were able to navigate that. I love the support system that you had with your family. And it teaches us so much. Like I feel like a lot of times we juxtapose our inner stories Right. Like I bet your your children, I know you have four now, but I bet your twins um, probably weren't even phased. Right. You had them all taken care of. They got to watch you. And the modeling is so important. But we always hold ourselves back with this mental dialogue. And then as parents, moms or dads, you have the parent guilt, the mom guilt, the dad guilt. And now even even if you're with your kids, you're not really present with them. Or if you're at work, you're not really present because there's just this inner homeostasis that you're not finding. So. That is incredible. Um, as you walk us through the first book, because I think that's a great place to start with regaining that time, um, I'd love to hear any tips or um, lessons that you've learned, like specifically as it relates to regaining that, but also like how you came to cope and understand like that baseline so you could build from there. Because I think a lot of people are probably right there right now. Absolutely. And I think what's what's really important as a prerequisite to any sort of time management strategies, any sort of you feeling in control of your time versus you feeling like the day is defeating you. Because we all know that feeling where we're just busy mm-hmm. all day long, nonstop, go, go, go. And the end of the day comes and we're exhausted and we feel like we actually got nothing done. Yes. And so the prerequisite to not kind of experiencing this on repeat and feeling like you are actually inching toward running toward those goals, showing up as your best self, you know, being a productivity ninja, whatever you want to call it is clarity. If you don't know how you want to spend your time, you will inevitably end up wasting it away because the truth is we all get pockets of time throughout the day, no matter how busy you think you are. Trust me, I get it. I got four kids. I'm busy. (laughs) I get it. But we (laughs) all get free pockets of time. We all get them. And when we don't have really clear goals set in place, these could be big goals, but these could be tiny goals, small micro things. And that's what I suggest anyway, like breaking things down into those micro steps. But when we don't have those really clearly set out for us and planned for us, 
what do we end up doing? We end up picking up the phone and scrolling. We end up, you know, filling that time with something that's not really worth our time. We end up doing things like fillers. And then again, we get that feeling that we were so busy, but we actually didn't go anywhere. Got nothing done. Yep. Familiar with the model. Yeah, that's, that's great. It's awesome. Um, so let's, I guess let's start with the first book because that seems super relevant. And then I'd love to hear the progression, how it went from there. Yeah. Yeah. So what happened with the first book is I had been blogging a ton and I was getting a lot of great feedback and kind of the content so relatable. I totally get it. Um, and mind you that blog actually for two years before I quote unquote published it, that was like an online journal that I used. I wrote this yeah. blog and told no one about it. And then two years later, I like shouted from the social media wow. rooftops, hey, I have this blog and it exists. And um, here it is. Check it out. It had two years worth of content on it. And that's when I started to get more confident in like, okay, this is impacting people. People do need this support. So what I decided was, you know, the blog is great and I love doing it, but I want, I want a bigger impact here. I want something more permanent to be able to help people in this way. Right. And so I said to myself, okay, I'm going to write this book. And now was it a little bit of a personal like goal for myself? Yeah. I wanted to write a book. I love to write. I wanted to become a published author, but I also knew it would, it would hold a deeper impact than, you know, a two to three minute blog post that someone's reading sort of here and there, which there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. But you and I both know when you read a really impactful book, at the yeah. end of it, you're like, you feel like you can change the world. And Absolutely. that is the empowerment I wanted the mama reading to be able to walk away with. You know, like you feel good after a blog post with some hacks and some tips, but after reading like a 50, 60,000 word book, you're like, yes, I am. I'm here for it. Like I'm going, you know, I have all the tools hour. now that yeah. I can just crush this. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. And I was writing the book, you know, I had committed, I was a working mom, corporate working mom at the time. So like, you know, I couldn't write all day, every day. I committed to writing 30 minutes, three nights a week. That was my consistency piece that I could do, um, that would work for me sustainably. And I was working with a coach to help me hold me accountable, even though I'm super self-motivated and so many moms are, if you have never worked with a coach before, you are missing out, girlfriend. Yep. Like this is the secret sauce magic recipe you need. Yep. Okay, just shameless plug for anyone who's never worked with a coach, but it is like life-changing. So And any area, right? So any fitness, area, any area. business, spiritual. Yeah, I mean, if you can leverage somebody else's clarity, somebody else's tools, somebody else's time hacks so that you can run faster, it, like you say, it jumpstarts that confidence within yourself, right? And it allows you, like I, I've, so many of our, our guests, we've talked recently about like, you're not your emotion, you're just experiencing that emotion, right? So in this moment, you might feel overwhelmed, you might feel like you don't have that time piece. That's not who you are. You are going through a season where you're experiencing that consistently. So by latching onto a coach, someone like you who has the experience, I have several friends who are writing books right now and they could all use coaches, right? So um, we can all use them for something. Why, yeah, I'm, I'm a big, I'm big on the coaching wagon also. Yeah, I think it's great. Yeah, and yeah. accountability and so many, so many benefits. So yeah, I was working with a coach. I was committed to the consistency. Um, it's awesome. And I was just, you know, I was just writing what I felt like the mom needed to know. 
you know, about regaining control of time, about being able to put her own goals into that mix, prioritizing them. Because what I noticed that I did, and I know a lot of people around me had done is, you know, entered, entered motherhood and any sort of thing that was crucial or important either prior or even that, you know, grew during that season, it, it, it was there, it lived, but it always got put to the bottom of the to-do list. Yes. And what happens to the things at the bottom of the to-do list, we all know is they don't get done, right? You push them to the next day and you push them to the next day and you push them to the next day and they eventually fall off. And that's not okay. That's not okay mm-hmm. when this is something that truly identifies a part of who you are, or what you want to be doing. And like you said, models for your kids, like exactly. you want them to be one day. So yeah. wrote that book, um, narrated the audible version, like eight oh, months fun. pregnant. So I was like, oh, that's, awesome. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. I can't want to definitely listen to it. That's awesome. Yeah. I love it. Um, thought of the title where I get my best ideas in the shower. Yes, that's amazing. Yeah, just it was a wonderful, like amazing experience. I have a few questions about this book specifically. So um, some have to do with the hacks um, that you reference in the book. Um, Can you please share some of those with us? I'd love for people to get a little wet their appetite so that they can um, they can check it out. But I think they'll they'll learn a lot from it. Yeah. So the way I teach time management and sort of a lot of the core uh, fundamental things that I do in here are absolutely tangible steps you can be taking and also a lot of inner work that needs to happen. Because the bottom Mm -hmm. line is, no matter what scheduling tool you get, no matter what uh, system you're using, you, you know, fill in the blank, no matter what sort of tips and tricks and hacks that I give you, if you haven't committed to doing the inner work here and prioritizing the priorities that you want to make happen, the changes you want to make happen, you're going to fall off the bandwagon and it's going to be really hard to get back on. So things that we talk about in the book, let's see, we talk about practical things like lists. We talk about systems. We talk about, you know, even like kitchen things, like meal planning things, like for example... Um, I don't know about you. I like to cook personally. I do. I do, do you like love to, cook? to cook. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. But the thing is sometimes as a mom, like we don't always get the hours. We don't always have the drive on an everyday basis, right? right. We sometimes get the picky eaters. Like it's challenging, right? Yes, me too. I know. I know. Uh, it's hard. It is such that's a That's another conversation. When everybody eats the dinner, it is such a win. Um, but yeah, so like, you know, things like we think about, we we sort of dread like, oh my God, what to make for dinner. I have to cook for dinner. So obviously planning in advance is really, really important, right? Like meal planning. Mm -hmm. And this doesn't have to be anything super strict, super crazy, but like anything that you can plan in advance, any sort of thing list that's going to help you get in and out of the grocery store sooner, anything you can cook when you do have more time over a weekend or something like that, that you can make in bulk exactly and freeze like things like this that we kind of know it's what we don't news, do but we I don't know. always do don't. and the, yeah. the really core thing here is creating the systems and the habits to yep. make this part of your effortless lifestyle so it's not something you have to pep yourself up motivate yourself to exactly do. it's part of your regular routine 
Yeah, you see like those Pinterest things and this lady has like 8 million Tupperware sitting on her ginormous island. And you're like, yeah, great. That would be like my whole day. Like there's no way that, that is practical in my life. So what you're saying, right? like fantastic for her. That's amazing. Uh, but what you're saying is in a lot of these cases, these are already things that you're doing. But having I wrote clarity down in circle that having the clarity with where you want to go. I want more free time with my kids. I want more free time to read, to write, to exercise, to meditate, to build the business, to do the thing. Now you can say, okay, if I need to get 30 minutes um, three times a week, here's how I can do that. I can strip 10 minutes. You know, I can I can take that away from cooking by making 10 extra chicken breasts and throwing them in the freezer or whatever that is. Yeah, that's right, awesome. Right. Yeah. We talk about support systems, the creative outlets you might not be tapping into when it comes to support systems because we all see the memes. We all yep. see the things where it's like, <laughs> I'm 104% tired or like, you know, the wearing the busy badge of honor or like doing it all. Right. And the thing is, sure. The memes are out there. They're funny. I laugh at them myself. I share them sometimes, but like, it doesn't have to be like a self-sacrificing season, right? It doesn't have to be 15 years of martyrdom. It doesn't. It and it can't like, I don't know who can operate like that, but you're going to be winded. You're going to yell at the dog. You're going to do things that aren't in service to you and the people around you. So you can kind of fake it through, or you can be honest with yourself. You're pushing a lot down and that can't be healthy. <laughs> it's not, it's not, it's you're not showing up as your best self for anybody. Exactly. An authentic self too, right? Like I think I always, like I, I live in a neighborhood, everyone's throwing around like living their best life, best life. And I always think about authenticity. Like sometimes my authentic life is a freaking pizza sauce on my shirt for my kid or, you know, I'm walking the dog and I smell or like what, but that is okay. Like that is authenticity. And then there's a lot of times where, you know, it's a lot, it's a lot prettier on paper, but I'm equally as happy, right? Yes. Which, which I think is important because we have, we all try to live to other people's standards. Um, so you said something a little bit ago about when you were talking about your journey and with this new job offer that you had uh, about taking uh, extra care to make the time with your family and your children more worthwhile. Can you unpack that a little bit for us? What what does that look like? Um, what mental shift did you go through or were, were there any tangible things that you did differently in that time? Or was it more of just like focusing on being present? Give us a little bit more there. Yeah. Yeah. So when when i worked in that world um i was commuting right and i was physically out of my home four days mm -hmm. a week and so i made it really like a strict rule for myself that when i walked in the door it was family time my phone didn't get looked at my work was off my mind you know i was fully focused on kids I was thinking in advance about dinner things and things like that. So I didn't have to come home and now be stressed about dinner. Yep. Like I had delegated some of those responsibilities and sort nice. of prepped in advance. And I was able to actually enjoy those moments with such full intention. So even though maybe my hours had shrunk from, you know, four to two or something in the mm -hmm. evening time during that season, um, I, the quality was so much bigger than the quantity. That's great. Like it really changed the shift there. Meanwhile, like prior to that, I had been working from home and now I do work from home again, right? And working from home is great. I love it. I love not having to commute. I'm in a different industry now, like all the things. Um, but you do have to draw a line in the sand and you do have to be able to like know when to shut down, know when to sort of switch on the mom hat and not be thinking about the work stuff because 
even if it's on your brain and you're like physically present with your family, if you're thinking about the emails or you're checking the emails or checking the things or whatever it is, the volunteering, like anything else on your mind, you are not going to be able to really have that like really intentional quality time. The biggest thing you can do is intentionality, honestly. Exactly. Yeah. And that's what they feel. Right. Like I, I have gone through a similar journey in my own path. And I found myself when my son Gabriel was, um, you know, younger, feeling bad about trying to work when I was with him or then feeling bad about being at work, wanting to be with him. And I got to this point where there's like there's really no balance. I feel like balance is like the biggest fallacy ever. I heard this beautiful um, analogy in a book, uh, an audio book recently of like if you think of the most balanced, poised example on the planet, a lot of people think of a ballerina right? Like they're upright they're They have like this beautiful effortless flow. If you take a look at that ballerina's feet, they are not balanced. They are continuously putting incredible amounts of effort to seem balanced. What they really are, are counterbalanced. And I feel like if, if that was not a, um, like a microchasm of parenthood, right? There's always going to be a force pulling you in one direction or the other. And your goal through clarity, through intention is to really hold a place to your point where you seem really put together, but it's, you know, it's different if you feel really good about it intentionally and understand those things will always be there, but they don't always demand your attention. It's not going to make a huge difference. If you, I can go play marble run with my kid for 10 more minutes. If that email doesn't get answered, nothing changes. (laughs) I can spend that time with him. So that helped me out a lot. Sorry, I didn't cut you off. No, no, not at all. And, you know, I think it's important when you do think of the work-life balance, work-life pendulum, however you want to refer to it, it's a holistic view. It's a holistic view, right? It's not this hour, this day even, did I feel the yep. work-life balance? Did I give the 50% here and the 50% there? It's overall this week, this month, how did it go? How do I feel? You know, because again, from the outside looking in, you could look balanced, you could look beautiful yeah. like that ballerina. Yeah. But if but your you feel? feet are caught up and full of blisters and all the thing, and you're just cringing every time you pop up on those pointy shoes, you know, those ballerina shoes, like that doesn't feel so good. Right. And so you want the inside to match the outside. Mm -hmm. I love that. From your experience with your um, clients and at Mama Work It, but also just through um, people who've read your book and your feedback on your blog, where do people, where do you think a lot of people get hung up here? Um, And, and I'm sure as you've developed other tools and other books to kind of vet out some of those things, I'd be interested to hear some of that. Yeah, it's a good question. You know, I think that the biggest thing we have to overcome when it comes to the time management, especially as moms, um, it's not, um, let me rephrase that. The biggest thing I think we need to overcome when it comes to time management as moms is sort of the way we're thinking about time. And this really goes for anyone, but especially moms, because we do juggle a lot a lot, especially when the kids are little and we're balancing all the other things, career and schools and this and that, right? All, all the mental load, all that, that invisible labor that we talk about, all those things. So when, can I teach you something really quick, if that's okay, when reg- with regards to that mindset shift? Okay. So I hear people say all the time, clients, friends, anybody I meet, right? Like, hey, how are you? I'll ask the question and I'll often get the answer you're shaking your head. So what do you think it is? I think they're answering like subconsciously. I'm doing fine. I'm okay. Okay. Or, okay. or they're projecting. I'm great. Everything's great. <laughs> totally. But guess what I also often hear? 
busy. Oh, yeah. I'm so busy, right? Mm -hmm. It's become this societal norm. Badge of honor. Basically, badge of honor to basically Mm -hmm. say busy instead of fine or okay or good or great. It's like a, it's like a, a nice thing to feel. And I don't know about you, but I don't like to feel I like, hate that feeling. <laughs> I don't like to feel stressed and frazzled. And when I think yeah. busy, I think just like running around like a chicken with its head cut off, like things I don't like <laughs> yeah. to feel, you know, like running in circles. I don't like it. So when I hear this and I hear people talk this way, I'm it's kind of like a red flag for me, but it's also like, this is kind of what society is showing us is, is the way to be. If you're not busy, well, shoot, what's wrong? Are you okay? Yep. Do you need something to do? Are you like, are you lonely? Are you bored? What's happening in your life? You know? And it's almost like, then we think they need help. <laughs> or something's wrong with them. They're not reaching their yeah. full potential. They're not trying. They're not aspiring. Yes. 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 So this is a feeling we all are feeling and not all of us, but a lot of us are feeling right. And it's a feeling that's being welcomed by the society around us. Right. It's kind of like the norm out there. And so we tend to tell ourselves the story often the four words I hear most often, which are, I don't have time. Mm -hmm. I don't have time. Right. I don't have time to work out. I don't have time to start my business. I don't have time to, you know, volunteer at the school. I don't have time to play Legos with you. I don't have time, right? And we're constantly, we're in the busy, busy, busy. We don't have time. And what happens is this is an internal mindset shift, right? Mm -hmm. What happens is your thoughts affect your feelings, which Mm -hmm. affect your actions, actions which affect your results. Affect your mood. Yep. Okay. So you say, I don't have time. It's what you think. You're saying it out loud, even if you're just thinking it, right? That affects how you feel. You feel super busy. Mm-hmm. So you answer, I'm super busy. You feel that sense of stress and frazzled and running around and not getting anything done at the end of the day. And then your actions follow, right? So you are sort of chronically always on the go. Yeah. Maybe doing things that are helpful to you. Maybe not because you might not have that clarity we talked about earlier. And what happens? Your results show for it. So maybe you're turning down other things, you're not prioritizing the things at the bottom of the to-do list that don't feel as important as they should, and your results show it. So you're feeling defeated by your day. You're feeling bad about yourself because like you do want to start that business, but you're not, you don't have time to do it. Or you do want to get healthier and exercise, but who has time for that? And it's a chronic vicious cycle. So a really simple way to change this in your life is to catch yourself if you say these words or think this way and to flip the script and how you do that is instead of saying, I don't have time, you start saying it's not a priority to me. It's not a priority to me. And Ooh, Caitlin, one of two things is going to happen and they are both winning. Okay. So like, let's say you are an ambitious mom. You are wanting to start a business, a dream, like a passion project you feel really excited about, but you feel consistently busy. How will you ever fit this in? It's not the right time. I'll wait till the kids are in school. I'll wait till this. I'll Mm -hmm. wait till that. I'll wait till cold and flu season is over. Fill in the blank. The excuses are valid. I get it. But like, there is always going to be an excuse. So instead of saying, I don't have time to start my business, I want you to say to yourself next time, starting my business isn't a priority to me and see how that sits. See how that sits. Now, on one hand, it might feel like a weight has been lifted. It might feel to you like, well, you know what? It's not. (laughs) It's not a priority right now. Like I really do have 
XYZ that I'm fully focused on. This is what it is right now, you know, fill in the blank. And you know what? I feel less guilty. I feel less shame that I'm not choosing that business right now. And that's okay. And that's, that's okay. okay. You give right. yourself that permission, right? And you move on and you do start prioritizing what's important to you in that season. It can be temporary. It can be today, right? It could change tomorrow. It's okay. On the mm -hmm. other hand, if you say it out loud to yourself, starting my business isn't a priority to me and you feel like really icky about it. Yep. Well, you know what? You're going to find a way to make it a priority. Like you are exactly. going to figure that out. There is always a creative solution. You're going to wake up earlier. You're going to go to bed later. You're going to do it during nap time. You're going to, you know, hire a babysitter. You're going to make it happen because yep. it is a priority. And when something is a priority to you, you figure it out. And absolutely. I think there's a lot of great things in here. The giving yourself permission to just really feel and like touch base with your dreams, your goals and aspirations. I think that's where a lot of moms get stuck. I think that is the impetus that grows into, um, you know, those icky feelings when you're with your spouse or your family or your kids, because we're not giving them a chance to breathe. We're not letting them come to light. And then we do feel like I had a conversation with, um, a family member who I adore. Um, she's probably one of my favorite people on this planet. She's one of the most brilliant people I know. And she was afraid to have the kids. She was a very smart academic person. And she's like, I now she has multiple kids and she's a great mom and does a great job with balance. But before she had to go through it, trial baptism by fire, I think you called it. Um, she was scared. And her her exact words to me were, I I don't want to lose my identity. And that's so interesting because I must be so maternal that like I've never even thought of that, but it happens to everybody. And sometimes you're cognizant, uh, cognizant of it beforehand, like her, obviously. So she put things in place so they didn't happen or so she felt better about that transition. And sometimes you wake up three years later and you're like, WTF, I have this Nutella habit at 10 p.m. Like, this is not what I expected out of my life or whatever that is, right? So relatable. So relatable. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe there's Nutella in my day. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> um, but it, it's so true. And then we don't we don't understand where to start. As you were going through that, you know, you have the thoughts and they create this and you're walking through the ladder of, you know, I, I, I mean, I say it um, linearly, but it's really more of a circle because it's a self-perpetuating thing. What I kept thinking of, like, is there a proper place in that sphere or circle to start or to stop the pattern do you find that like by getting the clarity do you stop the thought happening first or it doesn't even not matter as long as you're understanding you know like i think as you said if you say the thought you stop it there and you do something else instead now you're creating a different pattern so i think that's really awesome to know but have you seen it where like people can start in a different way. Like maybe they start at the end result, which is um, I'm going to gear my time and spend 30 minutes every night to myself. And then because now they've, they've taken the action first, now it starts the next time there's a thought. Now it can be a little bit more clear because they've given themselves that time. Yeah. I've seen both. I've seen both. I don't think there's a perfect place or time or location on that example to start. And I think what's important is just do something, mm -hmm. right? So whether it is changing your thought, whether it is taking action into something, whether it is creating that list, whether it is meal planning, just take a step, one step. And I say one small step because one small step is not intimidating. 
Yep. An entire list of things to do is intimidating. That gives you analysis paralysis. That makes you feel overwhelmed. That's where people get stuck. That's where they're like, oh my gosh, I don't even know what to do. I'm just going to pick up my phone and scroll. This is too overwhelming, right? But one small step, anybody can do that. Yeah, exactly. And that one small step may feel really good. And once it feels really good once, it's probably going to get repeated. And then after you do it a few times, yeah, you're like, oh, I need this. And that's good. The last thing I thought about as we were talking through this is, again, with that modeling, we might think like our kids need us to be there all the time. Our kids need to be their own individuals. What they need is to look at us for and to see us enjoying our life. They don't care. Like I was having this conversation with somebody at this financial, you know, um, financial institution that was on our podcast and kids don't inherently want to make money. Like that's not something that you are born with. That is something that we teach them through societal norms. What they want is love recognition um, and, um, and focus, right? They they want attention. So it's so funny, but the things that we're aspiring to do or be because we feel like our loved ones, our dog, our children need that of us. It's total crap. They just need us to be present and happy and they don't care if we're, I don't even know, insert profession, underwater basket weavers. I don't know. As long as we show up and we're happy, they will grow up thinking that that is the best profession, whatever. Right. And I think, I think we forget that. And so this is helpful. I really appreciate it. So let's talk a little bit more about book two and three. Um, Tell us how you progress from there. And then I have a favorite final question I want to ask you after we learn about your books. Ooh, okay. I'm excited to get there. Okay. (laughs) Book two uh, came out of personal need (laughs) during the pandemic uh, when I was feeling frazzled, right? I mean, you go from, especially if you, well, any mom really, right? You go from having routines that are set for you school pickup time, school drop-off times, work schedule, trains leave at this time, all the things. I was juggling those things. And then all of a sudden the world shut down and I was responsible for creating the entire routine in my home. And that was a lot of pressure. And also kids don't always cooperate with the routine you want, right? So I was like, okay, this is tough. I mean, all moms had it pretty tough during that season, right? Of like zero childcare, zero support. If you're juggling a career, if you're juggling homeschool, all those things. So I'm like, I need to figure out a system, something that's going to work for me, not just for like managing my time, but for my wellness during mm-hmm. this stage. It's great. Yeah. So I created the word to your mother, a mama's <laughs> guide to journal today and slay tomorrow. I do like a good word pun, as you can tell. That's and, awesome. Um, what it was, was believe it or not, you know, I love to journal now, but I haven't always been a journaler, even though I like to write, it's very strange. Uh, but I was like, this is an important element, right? You need to check in with yourself on a daily basis to be able to plan intentionally for the next day, right? You need to see what patterns are coming up, what you should be repeating, what you shouldn't be repeating, right? To make this process work for you. So it's a guided journal practice followed by an, like a planner for the next day, one page of each. You do this for like 10 to 15 minutes each night. I think it helps you sleep better because your brain isn't just like running, running, running with all the things that need to happen. You've got a plan in place for the next day. You're prioritizing your mental, uh, spiritual and physical health each and every day, right? Holding yourself accountable for that, holding yourself accountable for three small goals every day that you want to achieve. And checking in with yourself to see 
how you felt that morning, how you feel that night. What are you doing to release endorphins? I love, you know, doing something for someone else because it makes me feel good. Whether that's awesome. being generous with my time, my finances, you know, my skill set, whatever it is, helping my kid learn to tie a shoe, like anything in there, right? And reward yourself with not like jotting that down and recognizing it because we do do a lot of things for other people and it's just like it doesn't get absolutely so and celebrated especially as a parent i mean you're constantly doing things for other people and it's almost expected instead of recognized i also love how you mentioned that as your way to release endorphins because like for so many people including me like i need to go be physically active i need to go physically push yes. my body to the limits because it is how i move the energy and get it out mm -hmm. So it doesn't just sit there and stagnate, but there are so many ways for other people that's cooking for a lot of my neighbors. That's gardening, the cutest people ever. They're always out like men and women always out in their garden doing something like whatever that I is wish for that you. was my way. <laughs> it's not mine either. <laughs> I cannot keep my bougainvillea alive to say like yeah. my, my neighborhood is like littered with these gorgeous bougainvillea trees. And mine is like constantly, it's gotta be some type of metaphor. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I'm like overwatering it. I think I'm just an overdoer. Maybe <laughs> you, maybe you do something nice for them, and they can help you with the gardening. Yeah, fair enough. I'll cook. They can help me with the bougainvillea. There you go. I think the like the secondary or tertiary benefit to what you're doing with the word to your word to your mother. Yeah, this is so amazing. Is the it, it carves out that free time that we all need and we don't yeah. do. So just to have, like, and we we're so many people are list people or just something. If it's in front of me, and I know I have to knock it out. Like I'll do it. And so it, it kind of just prioritizes it for you. So you don't have to feel guilty about doing it yourself. And then you feel great about it after. Which yeah. I love. And did you know you are, I want to say it's 42%. Don't quote me on it, but you're around 40% more likely to actually get something done when you write it down. Yeah, I've heard that. I've heard that in terms of goal setting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, And these amazing. are basically goals. Every day, the things you want to get done in your time, those are small goals. You know, it doesn't have to be like buying your dream home, you know, doing this, doing that. It could be washing, folding, and putting away the laundry on the same day. Yeah. And, and then recognize that as a victory. Instead of just saying, oh, that's what I have to do. This is, you know, who I am. Dude, you got it done. Let's let's just celebrate that, and then you can move on and feel good about moving on to a different goal instead of always self-deprecating. Been there. Yeah, that is awesome. Round us out with book three, okay? Because I'm excited about that one. Yes, it's called Biz Management: The Working Mom's Guide to Go from Employee to Entrepreneur. So my journey led me into the entrepreneurial world, right? I juggled my business alongside a very demanding corporate career for three years. Wow. And then finally it started to feel like it was time to fully step into it. And let me tell you, if you've ever done this or anybody listening's ever done this, you know this is way simpler said than done. It is way simpler said than done, especially if you have a career you've worked really hard to excel in and grow in. And you know, for me, I climbed the corporate ladder. I was really successful in that world, making good money, all those things, right? I was the breadwinner for a, a, a long time in my family. and. You know, to walk away from that was tough. And yeah, but when you're misaligned, when you know it's just no longer the season for you, it's like inevitable that you have to do it. Nonetheless, it's not easy. So right. this book is all about that journey. It is all about um, how to make that happen with practical steps, but also just the inner work that needs to happen, you know, with getting there. So that's that.
That's awesome. I have a lot of people in my my sphere of like my friends and sphere of influence. And I think a lot of uh, moms are in that journey where they are feeling like there's a seedling for something they want to develop. And I, I think of, like there's like six friends that come to mind in my neighborhood and they do lots of things around the neighborhood. They're starting to they're starting to breathe life into that entrepreneurial um, like flair. And I just think it's so encouraging. And that's why I love I love this podcast because I get to meet a bunch of both women and men like yourself who you know, they just gave it the time. They gave it the energy. They, they let it grow um, much like a plant, but not like the one I have dying. Um, <laughs> and in, in time, right, in the appropriate season, it's blossomed into something that's not only been fruitful from a financial standpoint, but it's changed the lives of so many people, including your own, which I just love because I think we all have that in us. We're not, I do feel like parenthood is the highest calling. Like it is definitely not for the pain of heart and it has changed okay. my life but I don't think that parents are one trick ponies. And one thing I'm fascinated with personally is other cultures, especially other ancient cultures. Cause I feel like the modern world has done a really good job of like bastardizing and compartmentalizing parenthood to where like, you are now a parent consume X, Y, and Z products. All right. Well, what about our personal life? Like, do we just die because we're parents now? It's like other cultures and civilizations have flourished and have done amazing things by being able to do both at once. Um, so that's part of this whole journey for our family is to be very open with our children about that so that they they understand, you know, the, the adulthood adulting <laughs> as as they grow. Um, but that's awesome. I'm excited to read that book. I might go. I might go three, two, one, but I'm going to definitely read them. But I might start with three because I think any that's orders, any order is good. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. So my favorite last question to ask, because I think you are a fantastic person to ask this to. If our listeners were to implement one thing today that you think could immediately show an impact um, in their mood or change their relationships for the better with their children, their spouse, their animals, um, what would that be? Juicy question. You weren't lying. Okay. Okay. Well, I definitely think flipping the script is a good one. One we talked about, but I'll give you another because let's jam pack this episode with all we can. Um, do you multitask? Well, <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to think I can multitask. I'm sure I'm not doing it well. <laughs> So I, I'm, I geek out on this stuff, right? Obviously, like this is my area. I love to do research and follow all these amazing like productivity experts and stuff. And a lot of them will tell you point blank, like you can't multitask, right? It doesn't work. Your brain is in one place. Your body's in another. Like you're bound to make mistakes. You're good. It's going to take you more time. And here's the thing. Like I totally respect this way of preaching and thinking. It makes mm -hmm. sense. It makes sense. You and I both know it makes sense. But we're moms. Like we got a lot going on. We got, I got to keep it real. Right. So I think the best thing you can do when it comes to multitasking, cause I know most moms do it, but then don't feel good about it. As you said, mm -hmm. like, I don't think I do it well is choose intentionally what you multitask and what you don't. And I okay. think the Love easy it. way to decipher that is my mantra, which is you multitask the mindless and you solo task the mind full. Love that. Okay. So you multitask the things you can pretty much do on autopilot, the things that come really easily to you, the things that if you messed them up a little bit, wouldn't be the end of the world. And usually these are things you don't even love to do, 
right? These are things like cleaning up the kitchen, like yep. maybe like walking on your treadmill or getting a workout in that maybe you're not motivated to do or something like that, you know, fill in the blank, whatever it is. Things that if you messed up wouldn't be the end of the world. And try and multitask it with something that you're constantly telling yourself you don't have time for. Ooh. So maybe this is like reading, okay. listen, listen to a book, listen to a podcast, right? Yep. Maybe this is, you know, catching up with a friend on the phone or on like a voice note app or something like that. Like fill it with something that brings you a little more joy during that time, a great playlist, mm. whatever it is. And then on the other hand, stop trying to multitask the things that you want to be fully present for dinner with Love your that. family, answering the emails that you could probably get done in half the time. If you just laser focused on them, the creative projects that you want to do, you know, stop getting interrupted every 15 seconds by your phone, put it on, do not disturb fully focus. You would be surprised how much more efficiently you can get things done, how much more quickly and how much more creative and just like happy you are in that moment when you're solo tasking those things. I, that was, that was perfect. Thank you. I love that one. I feel like so much times as parents, we, or, you know, individuals, you don't feel like you're great at something and you forget like the 10,000 hour rule. Well, how, how much time are you actually giving yourself to like try this stuff? Maybe you are really good at it, but you have to get through the you know, being like the novice portion of the quadrant, right? And to ever really find if you enjoy, enjoy it, keep going. And that's that I love that solo task, the mindful. Yes. That's my takeaway of the day. I love oh, that. Yeah, good one. <laughs> that that's awesome. That's very good. Okay, so please tell our audience where they can find you what you're working on now. Yeah, the best place to find me is my website. It is mamaworkit.com. M-A-M-A spelled that way. Um, we send a free weekly newsletter on there with time management tips and tricks, what other, uh, other things are going on, like updates to the podcast. We do have a podcast too, the mama work it podcast. Awesome. Uh, it's also where you can find links to the books, the courses, the coaching programs, like all the things. So be sure to check that out. And there's some really good free resources on there too, like a mini course and like mompreneur time productivity tips, like all good stuff. So grab all that stuff. And then on social media, I'm at the handle, let mama work it. And then as far as what we're working on, uh, always something, always something, but we are getting ready to, um, sort of rebirth, relaunch our biz management club, which is a 90 day program for moms looking to transition from employee to entrepreneurs, start their yeah. passion project, grow it into a business, um, and make that leap. So yeah. That is awesome. I, I think that you, based on your credentials and your expertise, could do an, an amazing job at that. I can see you being very successful. And I'm excited for the moms who get to learn from you. So um, I hope that uh, you know who you are in my circle. I hope that you reach out. I hope that you reach out to Marissa. This is my plug. <laughs> but that is fantastic. Well, until the next perfect time, I can't wait to uh, continue to check you out on your journey. And thank you so much for being with us today, Marissa. Thank you so much for having me. Have a great one. Take care.